Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. In season two of Too Much Talk, we'll be speaking to those candidates vying to be the MP for Monga Keke, as well as some local friends and commentators. This election is set to be one of the closest ever, and who you choose to represent us locally can have a big impact on what happens to our part of Aotearoa New Zealand. So listen in and make your vote count. On today's episode of Too Much Talk, I chat with Margot Onashenka, who is ex-candidate for Monga Keke. We talk about some of the observations she had on the differences between New Zealand and Russia, and what motivates someone living in New Zealand for the past decade to decide to get involved in politics. Kia ora, Margot, welcome along to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. Good evening, Tim. It's lovely meeting you. I have had a bit of a read of your biography, and you've got a really fascinating background, but I thought instead of me telling all of our listeners about you, I'd rather give you the chance. So what I want you to do is imagine you're out door knocking, you're campaigning to be the MP for Monga Keke, and I open the door. What would you tell me about yourself? Uh, well, I would say that I'm an ACT candidate for Monga Keke electorate, uh, that my name is Margo Nishchenko. Um, that I came from Russia 10 years ago and, um, uh, you know, have been in New Zealand ever since, um, that I really love Mangakiki electorate. Um, I spent some time living there um, until I got priced out. <laughs> but I, I still I still really love the area. And uh, But then you see, I, I got into this don't-knocking, uh, you know, mode instead of telling the biography. So I, I guess it got a little bit um, murkier. So... Uh, but th- those are the basics. So I'm, you know, I re- originally, uh, you know, from Russia, an immigrant, uh, studied at Unitech, then went to the University of Auckland and became a structural engineer. I've been very fortunate mm-hmm. with the company that I'm with. Um, I've been working for them for nine years. It was my very first job application and my one and only job interview. And <laughs> Seems to wow. be settled, settled ever since. And um, I've joined ACT Party maybe a couple of years ago, uh, maybe two or three years mm-hmm. ago. And it was a very gradual uh, increase in the involvement with the party. And then I, I started being more heavily and heavily invested, especially as, uh, as I see what's happening to my beloved country, which is my now home, home country. And I thought that it's time for some real change and time to fulfill the civic duty. Mm, yeah, great. Okay, so so you um, you were born in Russia, you grew up in Russia. What was it that uh, made you come to New Zealand? So originally it was my sister who called um, our mom one day and she said like, um, hey mom, uh, don't worry, I'm getting married and moving to New Zealand. And that was a little bit of a shock to everyone. Um, and that completely turned <laughs> our life upside down. I was a teenager and I kept on receiving, receiving puzzles from my sister and mainly contained chocolate. And uh, there was no deep thinking uh, behind my move per se, because um, I, I was completely uh, bought, uh, you know, with chocolate and just, I, I want to live in a country that has such a <laughs> supply of chocolate. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, fantastic. How, so, what, yeah, kind of a childish reason, but yeah, but essentially I was 18. Yeah. So I, I turned 18 and I graduated from school three weeks later. And two days after that, I, I left the country. I packed my bags and just left the country. I've, I've actually spent quite a bit of time in Russia or a little bit of time in Russia. Um, but for those listening, uh, how would how would you describe, you know, when if you think about where you grew up, what would what what's what's the sort of main differences that you see between you know growing up in Russia and then coming and living in New Zealand? What when you arrived in New Zealand, what what were the things that stood out to you as being most different? I would say there are two things that are very different, and they are both to do with people. So the very big difference is that uh, people in Russia do not really have a sense of agency, and there is uh, a sentiment that oh, the government should do this, you know, or oh, my backyard has a lot of litter. That's because the government is not, you know, hiring enough, uh, you know, street sweepers to clean my backyard. Or, you know, this is bad. This is because of the government. Government ought to do this. Government ought to do this. Government ought to do this. Zero agency on every single level of life. And that is a part of the reason with all of the horrors that are happening now, political-wise, societal-wise, etc., etc., on every single level. And the second biggest difference is... Um, uh, there's kind of a bit of an opposite with New Zealand. In Russia, people are generally very well educated, very capable, very, uh, you know, uh, they have a lot of personal strength and fortitude. Uh, but the society is mm -hmm. so closed down and so anti-egalitarian that there is no way for you to actually get along in life. Whereas in New Zealand, um, people right. are given every single opportunity to do well in life. You know, people are essentially shoved with opportunities and every single corner and just begging for some talent. Please come along, please, you know, show up, you know, do this, do that. We really need people. But the state of the educational system, you know, how we are second last on, you know, every single parameter in terms of our schooling, just brings, keeps our, you know, economy, keeps our potential down. And as a country, we are not, you know, going as forward as quickly as we could. I think it's a huge waste of potential human mm. resource. Mm. I'm interested that um, that you've uh, joined the ACT Party. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious to know, so you've you arrived, was it, is it 10 years? 10 years, yeah. To be exact, it's been 10 years and ten, two months. <laughs> 10 years and two months. Oh, well, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, but, but what is it specifically that made you most interested in joining the ACT Party when you looked at all the political parties in New Zealand? Um, it was a very gradual uh, process. Um, I started uh, being more involved involved in the political matters uh, because um, I started uh, noticing the very big shifts uh, away from what makes a prosperous, uh, democratic, liberal society, you know, a, a country that people want to live on. And I started having those shifts away from it, which were very, you know, much against the liberal democratic values. Um, and no one seemed to be talking about it except for the ACT Party. And it just seemed like that was... Mm 
the only party that had the courage, uh, you know, the strength and, you know, the set of values and a very strong commitment to those basic principles of a liberal society that was willing to stand up for those values. And I felt very much compelled to join such a party because I, I feel very strongly about living in a free and prosperous society. And how's um, how is the campaign going? For those listening, that you know, I mean, it's a lot of work, right? And you're working full time, um, so how are you finding how are you finding that experience? I find it that it is a lot of work uh, and also quite quite a bit of fun. I did not expect to enjoy it, uh, to be honest, that much, uh, because I knew how much work it is and how easy it is to say something stupid uh, that would actually harm the very cause that you are working for. Um, but on the other hand, I mm. felt incredible support from the community, uh, engaging conversations, sometimes a little bit of heartbroken, heartbreaking conversations because people tell me the stories about the crime and, you know, being victims of crime or the cost of living crisis. Um, but, you mm. know, feeling a part of, um, a movement that is trying to bring the real change to the country to the to the better is very rewarding. And when you're out talking to people in Mongokeke, what are the big issues? I guess you've just touched on crime and the cost of living. Um, would that would you say those are the biggest issues that people are talking to you about? Absolutely. So what I have introduced uh, as a part of our now act party routine is going to the night markets. And because most of the people who come to the public meetings um, are people who have spare time and resources to actually allocate energy and, you know, time to show up. So, uh, but if you want to talk to ordinary people who are just getting, you know, on a daily basis and don't really care about much about politics, you need to come to them. So mm-hmm. we go to the night markets and we have huge issues board where people can put their stickers of what is important to them. And time yep. again and again, the cost of living is an absolute winner, um, especially around the uh, southeast parts of Mangakiki electorate. Uh, towards Ellerslie, mm-hmm. it's more about focused about crime and a lot of business owners talk about the crime, especially if you, you know, go from business to business. They either have those um, uh, around, uh, how do you call those, uh, billards? So, you know, the, the concrete pillars that stop, stop the cars yes, from raiding. The bollards. From, yeah, yeah, bollards, yeah. And then, yeah. uh, you know, business owners serving customers from behind metal bars in Ellerslie. Um, mm. that is, that is mm. rather shocking to see. So absolutely. So first of all, cost of living. Second of all, crime. And then people talk a variety of things. Um, it was very touching to hear people independently of each other say that education is the most important issue because if you have good education, you will solve uh, the rest. Um, then people mm. talk about uh, health and housing. So very, you know, kind of basic level topics, but very close to people's hearts and they feel very strongly about it. My next question for you is to ask what policies in particular, or to name it, to talk through a couple of X policies. But before I get to that, you mentioned the night markets. So I'm curious, it's been a while since I've been to, to the night markets. When you're there, do you, do you, um, do you have anything in particular that you, your sort of favorite spots to eat or favorite foods to get from the night market? 
Well, I am a big fan of Asian foods and, um, you know, it's very lucky that there is a big supply of those. And um, there is a variety of (laughs) night markets around Auckland and I'm not sure which one of them has it. But there was like a Greek stall that that would serve honeyed apples, like honeyed roasted apples. And that was fantastic. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. I'll look out for it. Um, okay, so to my original question, um, you've mentioned sort of cost of living, crime, education, health, housing. Um, we don't have all the time in the world, but if you could pick maybe one or two of X policies that you're most passionate about that you think will make a real shift in um, in some of those uh, areas, what, what would you point to? Um, well, I'll talk what people talk about all of the time, which is cost of living. And I know that every single party now, even Labour has caught up on, on the wind that there is a cost of living crisis. Um, but I think ACT has the most comprehensive policy that is actually going to solve the problem uh, because we are actually serious on the policies uh, and the, the ways to solve it. So there are like two sides of the equation. Imagine you are a family that is suddenly, uh, you know, uh, tight on, you know, money and they can't afford their goods. So what they do, they cut on their spending and they try to look, you know, for more money, like source of income. They don't, you know, go into debt, you know, and just keep on having a party. Uh, you know, at at the expense of borrowing and letting their children pay off their debts. So as an ACT party, we have a policy that tackles the issue of the, um, you know, cutting the budget, uh, which is, you know, bringing the spending down to uh, probably 2017 levels. You know, Labour is spending mm-hmm. additional $80 billion um, a year, um, because previously it was thought to be 60, but today's figures revealed it was closer, closer to, was, was it, I think it was closer to 80. So we're certainly going to cut down on the spending because if you borrow money, if you spend more than you can afford, that fills the, you know, inflation. If, if it fills the inflation, it fills all of the, you know, all of the prices go up. So we're going to cut down on that dramatically without cutting the core services. Um, so. Mm. That's number one. Number two, we are going to cut down the prices by bringing down the inflation. And number three, we are actually going to let people keep more money in their pocket by cutting the tax bracket dramatically. And it's not just the high tax brackets, as you know what uh, media likes to say. It's across the board for everyone. Absolutely every single family will get a tax cut uh, if you are on average income and you know have a child. It's equivalent to $2,300 a year. I, I would say that that's a good, mm. good solution to fight the cost of living crisis. Um, mm. Maybe if, if I touch a, on the housing side of the things, because a big part of the cost of living crisis is uh, the cost of rents. People talk, um, you know, tell me how much they pay for their rent, and that's absolutely horrendous. So if um, we, uh, slash that um, interest deductibility, um, you know, bill that Labor has introduced, the, the tax on the landlords, which has been passed to the tenants, that would allow the rents to come down. Uh, we are sharing GST with the developers uh, to build the residential properties, so that would actually increase the supply of the housing. Uh, and also, if we stop borrowing money and actually, you know, get our economy to the good bookkeeping, uh, that will reduce the interest rates on the mortgages as well. 
So that is a very mm. comprehensive package that calls for some real measures and really serious measures that are going to help. Okay, well, I'll stop you there. I mean, we could talk about X policy all night long, but we'll stop there. That's 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 great. Um, so among uh, Kiki, it's a bit of a sort of a bellwether seat. It kind of shifts back and forth between Labour and National, the the the, the you know, the person that's holding that particular seat. Um, but what is it that you would say you offer that sets you apart from the other candidates uh, that are running for Mongakeke? Oh, that's that's a tricky question. Um, talking about shifting seat, it's because the Mongakeke electorate is a very interesting one. If you look at mm. uh, the maps, uh, the demographic maps, you can see a very clear line of between uh, a very, you know, essentially well-off parts of Mangakiki and then some really struggling ones. Mm. So that explains the, the, the very shifting balance. Uh, in terms of what makes me stand out is um, that I'm quite committed to actually listen to people and uh, I do pass on the things that I hear from people back to the uh, party, um, you know, people who are in parliament so that, you know, they know what's happening on the ground. Um, and given that the electorate vote is first past the post, um, it is, it is the fight between the Labour and the National. I have heard incredible things about Greg. Like everyone I talk to, they think Greg is a great guy for National. And he actually helped mm -hmm. us with the hoardings, which was very nice of him. Um, so we, we are not as much set for the electorate vote as for the party vote, because the more party vote we get, the more actual, um, you know, hope we have for the electorate in the future. So currently, you know, we are right. just too small to fight for electorates for, for serious. It's, it's the matter between two big parties because first past the mm -hmm. post. Yeah. So it's about getting the message out for, for ACT. Uh, primarily, it, it yeah. is it is a two way um, conversation. We can't get the message out if we don't listen to people. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, what would you say um, is your vision for Mongakeke? What what would you like to see? Let's fast forward another ten years um, into the future. What would you like to see uh, Mongakeke become? Well, if you if you look again at the demographics of Mongakeke, an average Mongakeke resident. I uh, has uh, uh, like you know tertiary education. They work more than forty hours a week. They are in paid employment rather than you know a business owner, and uh, they do have kids, but probably like you know teenage aged kids. So probably what mm -hmm. I see going in the future is that for people who work more than forty hours a week, and the average number is more than forty. Uh, for them to be able to keep more of their hard-earned income in their pocket because chances are they work so hard because A, they're driven and uh, B, they, um, you know, the, the government takes too much from them. So if only they were taxed a little bit less, uh, then they will not be penalized into the higher tax bracket because they take up on more on more hours. Um, so I'll just say that, you know, the hard work of a Manukakiki resident should be rewarded. Mm. And um, and and just to, you mentioned it right at the top of the um, the episode, but you used to live in Manukakiki, you've moved out. What would you say connects you to the suburb now? What's your, what's your main, what's your main connection into, or, sorry, not suburb, the, the electorate? Well, the hands down, it will be One Tree Hill. So that, that is probably 
you know, my favorite place in the entire Auckland. I still go there pretty regularly and um, uh, just the oak, the twin oak, like, you know, road, the, the driveway, that's Smart my favorite drive, yeah. part. Of, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the park. And when I used to uh, live in Greenland, that was the walking distance away from the park. So I'll grab like avocados and nachos and I'll just go to the top of one tree hill and, uh, you know, <laughs> I... You know, I eat my guacamole with um, some nachos uh, there and probably one of the best memories I have. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, um, the, the final part of this conversation is a bit of a quick fire round. So I've just got a few questions that are sort of, some of them are related to politics, some of them aren't, just to get give people a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so the first question that I want to ask you is, who is a political figure or person from another party that you look up to? From another party, oh, that would be Nicola Willis. If if you're talking from another party, then, then it will be her. Mm -hmm. I think she's very much on point. Yeah, she cool. talks sense and she has good policies. Great. Um, okay, if you had to recommend a TV series to a friend, let's just say you've got a friend that's, you know, uh, at home sick for a week and they're like, what's a TV series I can watch uh, to pass the time? What would you be recommending to them? Can I just pretend that they haven't watched the Game of Thrones and just recommend it all over again? <laughs> but excluding excluding season six, seven, and eight. <laughs> so you'd recommend that one? Yes. but I've not, I've not seen it. <laughs> yeah, pretend season six, seven, and eight do not exist. Oh, right. Got it. Okay. So just watch seasons one through to five. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, for the next question, um, I want you to uh, imagine you're in a supermarket. You're in the aisle with all the chocolate that your sister was sending you when you were back in Russia. And uh, you've got the chocolate there and you've got the other confectionery as well. What's the one thing you'd be grabbing to put into your trolley? Well, the chocolate, of course. Like that's that's one and only Choc thing. Oh, you've got to be more specific. I'm not sure the branding will be like you know grateful for for an you know endorsement from act party. So I'm trying to avoid it because well, I mean, you know well, what, what 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 flavor of chocolate would you go for? Is it just milk or you go for something? No, it, it's it's dark chocolate because I, as as a very heavily invested chocolate person, it needs to be fifty or sixty two percent dark chocolate and no flavor either. Um, part, part of the reason, because I'm a purist, you know, the chocolate needs to be of that highest quality. And part of the reason yes. is when there was um, uh, almond and honey uh, flavored uh, chocolate, I ate so much of it that now I'm, I'm banned from buying it because um, I'm at risk <laughs> of getting type 2 diabetes. So. All right. Okay. We don't have to mention the brands, but I think the listeners can make up their own um, their own mind on which, what brand you're talking about. There is, okay. there is only um, one. What, sorry. What sorry. I, I just completely, completely go away from the act issue. And so there's only one brand of chocolate that is the best chocolate in the world. And it happens to be New Zealand. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll take that. Um, what would you say is the most unexpected or interesting skill or hobby that you have outside of politics? Um, well, rock climbing is actually a fairly uh, common hobby to have here. Uh, but actually, I haven't mentioned I do stained glasses. So that's that's part of my hobby. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I actually do stained glasses. Do you do rock climbing indoors or outdoors or both? Um, 
In New Zealand, I've only done indoors. Uh, in Russia, it was both. Uh, and I'm going to go outdoors uh, probably after the election. <laughs> Great. Yeah, when you have a bit more free time. If uh, someone is listening to this and it's someone early on in their career and they're looking at you and they want to follow in your footsteps, they like the look of your career that you've had so far, what is one piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, I'll tell them to study mathematics as hard as possible, as early as possible, because if they ever decide to become structural engineer, there are three mathematical papers and they're very painful ones. <laughs> Great. Well, <laughs> good advice for that particular person that wants to do that. Um, okay. And um, and finally, what is your favorite thing about the suburb of Onihanga and why do you love it? And you can't say One Tree Hill because that's sort of, Not I don't any. classify that as Onihanga. Okay. So there is a great um, shopping mall in Onihanga called Onihanga Shopping Mall, I guess. And they have they have some incredible foods there, and particularly there is a sushi shop that is very, very good there. Uh, probably the best price versus quality ratio, and uh, fantastic small small business owners. And I hope they'll get uh, a bit of an easier life uh, after this election. <laughs> bringing it back to politics, love it. Um, okay, and final the final question, and this does bring it right back to politics. Why should people listening to this podcast? vote for you uh people should certainly give the party vote act because we are the real engine and the driver behind the real change that this uh, country needs very much so um, national policies do not go like they do not take the issues of the cost of living seriously enough and the act policies are the ones that are actually going to make a real difference and um, not just the cost of living, but also the crime, uh, because a lot of uh, people have been victimized uh, quite brutally. Um, you know, I hear stories about people, you know, burglared and stuff. So, and um, ACT is very serious on those two topics. Uh, and I would say consider party vote ACT. Great. Well, Margaret, thanks so much for taking the time to chat for us. I know, as I said, you are working full time and campaigning takes a lot of your, your spare time. So we do really appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat to us. And I've really enjoyed um, getting to hear a little bit more about uh, what it is that makes someone that's been here for 10 years run uh, in politics. So thank you so much for spending the time. Lovely talking to you, Tim. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Much Talk. We are making these podcasts to help people be as informed as they can be ahead of the election. The success of this podcast relies on people like you helping us reach a wider audience. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please spread the word about us with your friends and neighbours or give us a review in your favourite podcast app. I'll be speaking with all of Mangakeke's local candidates in the lead up to this year's election. So stay tuned for more conversations. Connect with me on social media if you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts. I'm Tim underscore McCready on Twitter, Instagram, threads. And finally, a massive thanks to my producer, Josh Couch, the creative genius behind Onihanga FM and the person who made this podcast a reality. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to make your vote count on October 14th.